So you got viruses and Chrome. What's going on? They got extensions when you install too much shit that make you think you have viruses. And then you click the button and they're like, hey, send us Bitcoin money so we can't track you. Actually, I don't I don't know if that's what they want, but that's what I would do if I was scamming people, I guess. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but it's time. Damasi and Michael just talking tech. Yeah, I don't know how much I actually trust this whole Bitcoin thing, though, because it seems like you know the price fluctuation. I realized how much money I lost because I knew about it in 2008, didn't take action, and then, yeah, so I said, I don't want to follow this anymore. <laughs> yeah, that was part of the thing with it, too. It's like I missed out on the beginning of it because uh, I would have been on cashed out by now. Like, I would have cashed out a long oh, yeah. time ago if I would have started. At least some of it. At, at least enough to make my family set for life, you know? Because <laughs> yeah. back then, it was not dollars. It was pennies for Bitcoin. Or spending an hour and a half running some hardcore graphics software or hardcore graphics hardware I mean, being to generate it them for really you. Have to be that, it didn't have to be that hardcore. Like, it, it was, you know, the laptop that I was probably using at the time, if I remember correctly, was a Windows Vista machine. It might have crashed in the middle of generating it but i could have you know started it went to bed and woke up and had some bitcoins right. like that that's literally how people were doing yep. it in the beginning until it caught on that's when you had to start you know really going after the higher graphics cards i would have sold then uh, because that's how i am because i mean i probably would have kept one or two but i, I would have sold a majority of them when it started to pick up popularity myself I would wait to see if it had blown up because it didn't cost me anything right. to get into it. So, like, as long as I hadn't actually invested, you know, my yeah. money into it, it was I can't just speak what I would cycles. do if I didn't wasn't actually in the situation. Because if I hadn't invested my money, who's to say I wouldn't start investing a little bit of my money at that time? Because I'm like, hey, I made this much money already. Why not invest more money? Invest more money to to make more off of it. Yeah, I probably would have busted around about 2016 or something. Whenever it it spiked up to like two thousand yep. dollars for a bitcoin or something. I'm like, all right, I'm like, I don't care if <laughs> that's it goes good up enough anymore, for me. I'm done. Would have kicked myself, but in retro, like now, I would have been like, all right, I'm I'm pretty happy with my decision. Yeah, because it's went back down. My thing is like, I feel like at some point it's gonna like. I think the theory behind Bitcoin is something that the world globally eventually is gonna switch to something like right. that. Uh, I just think we're gonna have to. But I feel like Bitcoin itself and its, you know, clones that are out there right now as well are going to eventually collapse. And like what you have in there is not going to be worth anything. And it's not worth me investing my money into it. Uh, I'm certainly not going to go buy a server farm to <laughs> mine Bitcoin now. <laughs> hey, there are people that I'm listening to podcasts about that are investing money into server farms and uh, next to dam. So they're all... Uh, naturally generated so they don't have to rely on the power grid and it's it's an intriguing like though it doesn't have as much popularity as it does now it's it's still doing something and that's what intrigues me a little i use intrigue like 10 times yeah. <laughs> it would be nice if those people you know took those skills and maybe apply them to trying to help clean up right. the electricity grid in general yeah or or versus yeah yeah what are your thoughts about EVs? I know we've kind of mentioned them in the past. I'm listening to a good podcast. I'll link to it in the show notes over at, do you know? 
youronpay.com slash DM39. Wow. Um, so I'm listening to a podcast called EV News Daily, and it's a gentleman from he's got a British accent. I don't know exactly where he's from. And it talks about the latest in EVs or electric vehicles. And that intrigues me, especially now that we have a Tesla. It's like, wait, no, edit that out. I wish. No. <laughs> I don't, I'm totally leaving that shit. Now that we got a Tesla. Now that we have a Prius, <laughs> huge difference. <laughs> Now, people know what my goal is. Anyone ask me, what's your goal? I'm going to get a Tesla, so that way, in DM39, I'm not lying. Uh, with the Prius, I've been interested more in EVs, not not necessarily for environment-saving reasons, but more for the accessibility of them. And there's been some news that Tesla, from what I understand, has full autonomy from on-ramp to off-ramp on the highways, uh, and the only thing that's holding them back is regulation in different states. So I'm, I'm following so, this technology, and I'm intrigued by it. So one thing I'll point out, just in case other people want to jump in, and we, we know other people also have this too, yep. uh, the autonomy from the on-ramp. You know, pretty much on, on any highway, you're fine to let the car take Any, any vehicle uh, release now pretty much i mean in some aspect of it yeah mo most of them have some kind of autonomy something like the self-parking cars have been around for a while yep. uh, i know as far as at least from what i know i'm not a car person like that anymore so uh audi uh, mercedes maybe yep. bmw and tesla i think are doing like the most interesting things as far as trying to push the ball forward and everybody else is just kind of coming along as as things mature uh there have been some you know accidents here and there reported of people uh some of them were human mistakes because right. they just weren't paying attention when they should have been paying attention which is unfortunate for the technology because when a human makes a mistake when they've been given a signal by the vehicle to you know maybe you want to take over now or pay attention uh, and you ignore that, like, yeah, it's to their detriment and also to the detriment of anyone else involved in that accident, but it's also to the detriment of the technology simply yep. because the first better. thing that people who are against it, you know, do is jump up in arms and say, see, we knew these autonomous vehicles would not work. The one thing that seems to be the biggest thing with EVs is finding a compatible charging process that the... I never even thought about like a vehicle. Now you go to a gas station and you can get gas, you can get unleaded, leaded or diesel and in, in 90% of the cases. But apparently the billing process with EVs is not, at least in the UK, a unified uh, system. So I'm interested to see where that goes and it could possibly go back to Bitcoin and keeping track of it that way too. Because you can fill up an EV and get, you know, somewhere around 300 miles. That's average 250 to 300 miles on a full charge for like 10 bucks. That's. Yeah, but you're, what you're saying in the UK, like they're having problems actually you, billing people for that. Because that is a cost to whoever's running the charging station. Like that's their electric bill that's being affected. Not necessarily billing, but unifying the process of billing. Like, are we going to use Apple Pay all the way uh, around? Are we going to do your debit card? Or should we just charge your house billing account? Like your house electric gotcha. account. Gotcha. I, I gotcha. That could create problems, yeah. though. 
uh, there should be some way for you to just pay at the charging station. Like you can't access the charging station until you pay or points you from what I understand. That's what it is now. Or you can use like a phone wallet or something like that, but you never know how you're going to have to pay at the charger when you get there. I got you. Got you. So it's like when you pull up somewhere, you don't know like, okay, I know I'm going to have to pay for this, but how do I need an account for this company? Do I, I... Oh, geez, not an account for the specific. Right. No, that is totally the wrong way to do. You don't need an account at the gas. Yeah. That's, that's the issue. I mean, but again, 10 bucks to get you 300 miles. So give and take. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's fluctuations with that, but it's sort of like gas in a sense. Like, you know, if power, like if it's middle of summer, uh, somewhere, you know, yeah, more likely your energy costs are going to be slightly higher, just like, uh, you know, high travel times for gasoline vehicles, you know, gas prices go up, like everybody yep. sees that, you see that, you know, coming up around uh, Memorial Day in the school year. And then uh, it, with the July. EVs during the winter, because of the way the batteries work, you get shorter distances, so you're going to be paying more like it, it, hopefully it'll balance out, but I don't know because I don't own one. Anyone who owns one, leave us a comment in the show notes, and that's all that I got on EV topics. <laughs> it's interesting though. What I thought you were going to talk about with that, because uh, I'm sticking on that topic for a second. Because what I actually thought you were going to talk about was the compatibility of said vehicle with a charger. Uh, ah, because my understanding is that it's still this way that. You know, some vehicle, some vehicles are sort of standardized on a. You know, yeah, you can use these if you have a, a, a I don't know, a Prius or whatever, right? Or whatever. If you have one of the new Honda there, EVs that they just announced. Yeah, but you know, if you got a Tesla, you're looking for a Tesla specific location. Like you can't just pull up where the Honda person might pull up at. In a lot of cases, uh, and I think that Tesla's idea initially, uh, Elon Musk's idea initially at least, was to have Tesla sort of take over that whole deal and have everybody standardize on what tesla was using but i could have that wrong first of all i will admit that i could have that wrong and i do know that that did not happen uh whether it was his plan or not we just need to get to the Uh, point where you pull up to a stoplight your car will wirelessly charge a little bit and then you move on because the other issue that you have is these these stupid little half hybrid charging cars where you can actually plug them in and, and and i'm saying this just to to repeat the podcast content because i have no experience with it myself but i imagine that only cheer like they trickle charge and they're plugged into at one of those superchargers you know the the ones that charge extra fast and you've got a car that only takes a couple of minutes to charge to full and they you know put their car on the charger because they know it's going to take it a couple of hours to charge and go do their grocery shopping so you can't take advantage of that power charger because they've got their car hooked up to it so they that apparently that's an issue too yeah and all you need is a little boost yep. you, you got to go put gas in the tank or something that's, a, that's interesting i think we're going to see less of that being an issue though as more evs come out and we start to see less of the hybrid vehicles yeah definitely definitely I'll, I'll shoot you this well obviously the link will be in the show notes you should give it a listen when you get a minute he keeps them under 20 minutes long so i love that because in pocket cast i'm playing them at 2x so it's 10 minutes nine minutes something around there i'm doing something interesting with our recording today so i don't think we've talked about like our recording setups in a while anyway. no uh, we haven't not since dm 11 or 12 somewhere around there We'll drop a link in the show notes where we talked about whatever the hell we were doing. Uh, 
Uh, well, one thing, uh, Mike, I got my ATR, my AT two thousand five back. Interesting. I'm using the Samsung Q two still, and what's very interesting, and I'll have to grab a copy of it. It's not the best audio because I was reading something, and I realized that me reading, I I just need to memorize stuff. Anyways, I uh, have the audio from this microphone with a little bit of compression, the audio boosted to, or the audio hard limited to negative three boosted by six uh, airing on FM radio. So in the... In the right environment, you know, as you always say, you can use a decent microphone. And these microphones, I've seen these, both of, all three of them, AT2100, 2105, and the Samsung Q2 go on sale for as low as $39. It, it just depends when you buy them. We'll drop a link to the uh, podcast deals uh, email list so you can subscribe to that. They do uh, send out pretty good deals. I think, uh, the matter of fact, the microphone, the Samsung mic that Mike has was on sale a few months ago. Uh, I just didn't need one, but, you know, it was on sale for about 39 bucks on Amazon. So, yeah, all three of these are very, very good USB mics. I've never used a Rode uh, I don't podcaster. Like it. A lot of people like those. I don't think it would work for me particularly but i actually like the audio technica uh, my favorite happens to just be the 2005 but the 2100 is great i uh, have one of those actually laying over here on the desk uh, and mike has the samsung q2 u2 i i, know I think it's the q2u i will put the exact link in we'll the show put a notes, link in the show notes to the microphone is what we'll do we'll thank you for show notes that's always awesome i will say i do like to hear my voice on other high quality microphones though and if oh, you there's nothing like a really good high quality mic though like i'm you know it's not that i'm ever gonna say like oh yeah you know you can get just as good a sound out of a usb mic as you can no you're no. never gonna get as good a sound out of a usb mic as you can get out of a good xlr microphone right uh, no but a good usb mic can take you a long way especially if you're building a recording setup on a budget or if you're one of those people that very rarely does it so you don't need to invest in all the other equipment you need besides the good microphone like if you get xlr mic you got to get a xlr interface so here's what i'm doing recording wise we still got the same equipment basically i'm sitting in front of a 2015 macbook pro versus probably a 2013 at the time we recorded the previous show talking about this yep one tool that i've and i've been practicing with this because i see some future applications for it. like it's not as critical uh with me and you recording because you know you one you know how to record yourself and you know so that we always gonna have a good file uh from both ends uh but what i am doing is so I'm using Loopback, and I'm using Loopback version 2 specifically. You could do this with Loopback 1. I honestly think it might be a little bit easier in Loopback 2. Uh, but what I have going on is I have Reaper open. So I'm doing the Michael right now. I have Reaper open recording myself directly to one track, but I'm also recording Michael, I hope, uh, to another track. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out and put it in the show notes. <laughs> Uh, now, I don't think the quality of Mike is going to be as good uh, as mine because he's, of course, coming across the Internet. So uh, it's a little different, but we'll see what it actually sounds like. Uh, and the reason I wanted to do this is because it gives me a portable sort of environment to be able to record multiple things to specific tracks inside of Reaper uh, using Loopback. Uh, which is interesting to me. It's fun. It was it was a fun technical challenge to try to solve it because I did run into a couple of issues. Uh, but it also, I think, can serve some purposes when you're trying to record something with somebody that does not have the savvy or the the technology or the apps or whatever 
to record themselves locally, uh, you can still pull in something usable, I think, and, as long as your connection is decent. And then which tool are we using to chat on? Uh, we are using what the hell Source Connects Now. Uh, Source Elements. That's what it's Sorry. called. See, I was going to say, like, I always forget. See? Yeah, no, no, you did it too. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, so I know some words that go here. Yep, 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 yep. Source Connect Now is the p- title of the page that I happen to be on inside of Chrome. Uh, and Source Connect is a super cool tool. Right. Like, it, it is super nice. I'm, uh, what, I do have to have Chrome. Are you in 128 in the Source Connect now? Because I, I switched mine to 256 so we can mix down and we hopefully won't lose quality uh, if we have to use that I file. Am at, uh, I am at 256. Okay, I did mono this time. I don't know why. So that that might fuck with some of our recordings, but I don't think so. Oh, well, we'll see, man. It'll be all right. I don't think anybody's going to know. By the time we compress it down to MP3, right. it's not going to matter anyway. Uh, Lose all that sound quality anyways. And we throw all those files into Google Drive Teams uh, for an episode. I have to learn the mixer at work, and I have to keep reminding myself. it's It looks a lot more complicated than what it is because it has so many abilities, but how many abilities are you actually going to use on a regular basis? Like, on a regular show, you're going to hit one switch to go live, and then you're going to have to bring in possibly one to three guests and then possibly a phone participant. And so that's like six levels that you're going to have to learn how to manage, and, and once you get that down... or you know, like seven different controls, I imagine. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't sat down and learned it yet. It's not as daunting as it seems um, <laughs> because with most big mixing boards like that, like the big thing is once you learn, you know, all, all of your all of your inputs, all of your, your, your channels, uh, you know, basically are the same as far as the controls go. Like there are very few cases where a channel input or output is going to have completely totally different controls for that particular channel right right so once you know how to control your mic input and adjust your gain and uh adjust any compression if the mixer has that built in or anything like that uh you'll be familiar with where those knobs are located and most times like a sort of default-ish type of setting uh which means you know once you get it tweaked right like you don't have to touch it all that often you may have to do a little tweak here a little tweak there depending on the person that's actually on the mic or calling in but you don't have to do radical adjustments to it once you kind of got it in that area where you want it i will tell you it is interesting not being the youngest person working there we've got a 20 year old working there shout out to you havoc hopefully you're listening because you uh say you listen to podcasts so uh, i had to throw that in there and it's interesting not being the youngest person because i'm learning a lot from him which some might not think is is typical like some of the the processes that he's doing we're realizing hey this has been done this way for a year or more and it's non-digital for example we're printing these papers out and we're running them back why not throw them in an email or throw them in a slack message and try to systematize that but trying to work with uh, some people who are set in their ways can definitely be an interesting uh, adventure <laughs> And at work, I'm using Google Docs just to quickly keep, like, to keep notes and have it synchronized. So if I want to write in what script I want to use to close my weather breaks with, I have access to it anywhere, and I'm I'm just comfortable in Google Docs now. And it's kind of weird because two years ago I wasn't. Yeah, that's interesting. I actually was. Uh, I, I meant to tell you I was going to shoot you a message yesterday. I'm like, hey, thanks, Mike, because I was uh, I was listening to the Apple event. So this we're recording this. Uh, Tuesday the, the 26th. Day after. 
yeah, the day after the Apple services announcement. Uh, so I listened to the event or most of it uh, on Monday. And I was like, well, I'm going to take some notes in case we decide we're going to talk about it on the show or just to pull out some highlights. And I actually went to Google Docs and opened it up, uh, partially because I wanted to put the file into our team drive folder for DM39 uh, and see how that whole flow worked. Uh, but it was overall comfortable. Other than Google Docs does not seem to like Markdown. Mm, uh, we need to look into that. something to deal with that. Yeah, uh, you had a Markdown editor that you had been using on the Chromebook. You remember the name of it? Multi-Markdown or something like that. There will be a link to the show notes because I don't exactly remember the name of it. But that stored your files in Google Drive. It did not use Google Docs, though. But I wonder if there's some... So were you using the Android phone to input, or were you using iOS? Uh, I was using Chrome oh, on oh, the oh. Mac. Why did yeah, I not I consider like, that? <laughs> I was actually sitting that. Uh, probably because you thought I was walking around yeah. with my phone. Uh, I was for a while, but I came in here and sat down. So I'll type some notes in, and I had it playing on the phone. So what I did is I actually came in here and dropped my iPhone on the... Uh, Chi charger ah. and let let the audio just play through the speakers and I typed into Google Docs and when they got to some stuff that was boring that I didn't care about I switched over and did some other things and then when they came back to something I was like oh wait what <laughs> I need to pay attention <laughs> I, I've seen a couple of different like scripts that'll convert stuff to, I mean it, it's not super important that it works but I'm just comfortable writing a markdown so I don't have to try to remember shortcuts that's mostly what it yep. is is that I'm lazy uh, and if I pop a markdown file into Google Drive like I would like to be able to edit it in a way that we can collaborate because that's sort of the next step for me is actually collaborate you know real time collaboration on a document yeah because we can collaborate on an MD file but it's not real time I'm fairly certain yeah I'm thinking you know I start writing stuff and then you just write over what the hell I just wrote and like we never know what happened to stuff and like I'm pretty sure I made this point about this and of course we could write markdown and copy and paste it but that's I have a feel like for example when you write HTTPS in a link it's going to even in parentheses there's gonna it's gonna do some automatic formatting which is gonna screw with stuff in so Mm -hmm. yeah I did see one tip from somebody that says you know make heavy use of your uh, delete key or something like that your backspace Ah. key to make it stop but you know that's aggravating I, i'd rather just deal with this interface as it is and yeah you know because it's not horrible it. especially in chrome now if you have a slow windows 7 computer <laughs> shout out to the job <laughs> <laughs> so you I, I don't know if i ever told you the story you might have heard hints of it but benjamin was in the back bedroom uh man it's about to be about six seven eight months now and he had a dirty room, so I decided to clean it by throwing everything out in the yard. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember you telling me about this. Yeah. So one of the things that got threw out in the yard was a Google Home Mini. Um, and I told him, I said, hey, go find it, and you can put it back in your room. It'll probably work. And it was it was during the summer, so it was nice for a couple of days. He had a while to go find it. He never went to find it, and last Thursday or Friday, we were out doing our spring cleaning, putting some fence posts in so that way we can build out a little fence and, and uh, keep the dogs in a different area. But uh, we were out cleaning, and we found the Google Home Mini, and I'm like, this thing's not going to work. There's no way this is going to work. It's been way too long. I went and plugged it in in the living room, and it answers responses. I reset it to, to factory default. It plays just fine. It Answers responses, works just fine. So I have to give Google a little bit of credit. They make some durable products. I don't recommend you throwing yours outside for six to seven, eight months, but uh, that was my experience with it. 
Interesting, interesting. And they, they haven't previously, not to say that they didn't deserve it, but they have not previously had that sort of uh, reputation of like their products being like super, you know, tough, super durable. Uh, although I haven't heard people say they break very easily either, but. Mallory's first question was, well, can we get more of those? And are they out? Like, are they, are they weather resistant? I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think they are weather resistant. No, I'm not going to invest money into it relying on it, but we'll explore options for outside speakers with voice control. So if you have any ideas, let me know. <laughs> uh, I don't have any because I'm pretty sure Google does not say specifically these are weatherproof. You can I'm thinking JBL has a few. The uh, Flip Series has a few voice control outside durable speakers yeah i was gonna say you probably have to look around for something that either has uh google uh google assistant integration or you probably are going to be more likely to find something with alexa i don't have anything else uh to add to this episode uh we will talk about what it's like to work in a radio station next time because i'll have a couple of weeks under my belt working there uh and hopefully be able to catch up on some of the technology about that and i don't know if demasi has any ideas about what he wants to talk about next week but you can follow me at payom p-a-y-o-w-n on twitter and he's i'm at demasi d-a-m-a-s-h-e Show notes, zeroonpay.com slash DM39. You've been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit yourownpay.com slash cast for exclusive content and to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, yourownpay.com.